Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to Dirty War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT, and joining me as always is my buddy Marcus. Marcus, how are you? I'm good, man. Happy New Year to you. I uh, hope you and the family are uh, happy and healthy heading into the new year. But I'm ready to do a new episode with you today, talking about Battleground 2015 and uh, the SummerSlam 2015. Big night ahead. Uh, always fun when you get one of the marquee shows. We talked about at the end of our last episode that SummerSlam's generally tend to do well on our list. They seem to be loaded with moments. It's a big matches. So we'll see if tonight's marks that. As you mentioned, it is New Year's Eve. So we are kind of the final show here, I think, on the North-South Connection to wrap up 2022. So that's pretty exciting. Entering our fourth calendar year as a podcast network. Isn't that nuts already? That's... Yeah, uh, flying by, man, flying by. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the, the progress we made and, and, and made it this far. I feel like uh, we've made it past the point of like, uh, you know, throwing in the towel. So, um, looking forward to, to making it through another season and uh, along with the network, man. Really proud of mm-hmm. all the content here on the network. Uh, everybody's been, been killing it, and uh, we just keep adding creative people and creative ideas uh, to the family. So, uh, looking forward to what the new year brings for us. For sure. Uh, and with that, may come a little shift in the schedule as well. So keep an eye out. In 2023, we're going to be moving some pieces around. I think our show is going to shift days, um, it looks like. So just keep your eyes peeled to the network. Uh, we'll still be here though, every other week digging into our pay-per-views like we've been doing. So if you're new, 
What we do here is a statistical look at every dirty pay-per-view in history. We do it on a seasonal basis. So we start with the first show post-WrestleMania in any given calendar year. And then we wrap with the following year's WrestleMania. So for this season, we started with Extreme Rules from April 2015. And we wrap with WrestleMania 32 in 2016. Then we jump around the timeline so we're not getting too bored chronologically. Mix things up. Uh, We watch every match. We watch every show. We grade every match. I give my grade. You give your grade. We give an average. And then everything on the show is based around replacement level. Average. Two and a half stars. Average match. Uh, You know, an expected crowd reaction. Basic build. Commentary you'd expect to hear. All of that stuff we consider to be average replacement level. So what we're looking to do is describe points on a plus-minus system uh, for things that are better or worse than replacement level. So something's better, we give a point. Something's worse, we take away a point. We net all of that out. And at the end of the day, we're going to stack rank all of our pay-per-views historically to see where everything shakes out. Marcus, you want to review the categories that we give our grades for? Absolutely. Uh, We have the build-up to the event, followed by commentary, the atmosphere of the event, notable moments of importance that happen, our match grades, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches, which for us, an all-time match is anything that is a consensus 4.25 and above. Or for a minus, it is anything that is a 0.75 and below. All right. We'll take all those scores and net them out. And that's where we wash. For match grades, uh, like I said, average matches are two and a half. So, Marcus, we take my grade. We take your grade. We average that out. Let's say we average out to a three and a half. Uh, That's one point higher than a two and a half, which is average. That gets a plus one. So we add up all those pluses and minuses for the card. That gives us a total match score grade. So, uh, we know our last paper, you did pretty well, had a five match grade, which is pretty strong for Money in the Bank. We'll see if this one can keep up the uh, positive vibes. So let's start with Battleground, July 19th, 2015 from the Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. 11,000 in attendance, our usual triumvirate of <coughs> excuse me, Michael Cole, Jerry the King Waller, and John Bradshaw Layfield on commentary. We had a pre-show match of King Barrett defeating R-Truth. And then we dive into the show, Marcus. What's our first match? Our opening contest of the evening is Randy Orton taking on Mr. Money in the Bank, Sheamus. Um, These two have a feud going on. Um, I really prefer this feud over uh, the the first version of this feud uh, earlier on in the decade. Uh, So I went 3.5. These two really brought the physicality as opposed to uh, earlier on uh, when they tried this feud uh, years before. Um. And it's just such a such like almost a luxury of riches to be able to throw Orton and Sheamus, just two established mm-hmm. acts that people are invested in, um, and to be able to throw them out to open the show. Um, so yeah, three point five for me. Um, Orton hits a RKO to uh, pick up the win. It's almost like we talk about wrestling wars on a lot. Like that Nitro has the ability to just chuck out these great matches while Raw is struggling to churn out like even a two and a half star match half the time. Uh, that's where I hear. With this card, like you said, oh, yeah, okay, let's just have this opener between two guys, like you said, that are over, established, uh, are really good workers. Like, you just know the match is going to be uh, quality. And it was. I mean, it was hard-hitting. It was stiff. They didn't overstay their welcome, too, which I like. It's, it's uh, you know, 16 minutes. Like, yeah, that seems long, but for these guys, it's, that's a solid amount of time. Like, they could have easily went a little bit overboard and dragged it out, but they kept it tight and crisp. Uh, Sheamus is coming off winning money in the bank, but he lays down here for Orton. Maybe sowing the seeds for a future feud. If Sheamus were to cash in, Orton's already established as having beat him. Uh, we get the RKO out of nowhere, which is always good. 
and it was just yeah, just a really fun match. I went three and a half. Like it definitely a little bit of a hidden gem, I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Here. All right. Next up, we have the primetime players defending their tag team titles against New Day. And shockingly enough, for the second month in a row, the PTPs win. They retain their titles. Again, I was completely caught off guard here. Yeah. I thought for sure New Day were just going to take it back and roll on uh, and, and start their reign. But man, second they got me second month in a row um, here where the primetime players go over New Day. I went two and three quarters again and felt pretty much in line with the last match. They at least had a better spot this time, so the crowd's a little more invested than on the death slot. Uh, but again, pretty average. I just... I don't know what you're going to do. Like, there's not a lot of other tag teams. So are the primetime players that over as face champions that now we're going to run through other heels or we're just going to get another match or New Day? This felt like maybe one time too many to be too cute. Yeah, uh, I didn't feel like the rematch was necessary here, but um, it is two and a half for me. Just uh, more solid action. Um, you know, it, it keeps the card chugging along. Uh didn't take away from the card at all. Um, and, you know, we got hot tag Titus, so... Um, I enjoy his hot tags and, um, still seeing the new day, like still move forward and progress forward. Um, and they're getting closer to, uh, the version of the new day that we would get to know and love, uh, during the season and and for many seasons following. All right. What's up next? We got a big one here. Uh, we've got Roman Reigns taking on Bray Wyatt. Uh, Bray Wyatt is going to pick up the win, uh, with a, Shocking assistance from Luke Harper, who is going to realign himself with Bray Wyatt. Uh, I went three and a half. Um, when these guys are throwing bombs, which which they were for most of the match, um, I felt like that really played to both guys' strengths. Um, when we get to see Rowan be tough, like we talked about last episode, like that really plays into into his skill set. Um, you know, and, and Bray doesn't have to be the kind of uh, heel to like, you know, always back down. He can be the monster. He can he can bring the contact and physicality too. Um, and then you know you kind of have like this back and forth, hard hitting style match, and then uh, you do the surprise with Luke Harper at the end, uh, and it, it helps Bray uh, pick up the win. Like I thought that that was a highly effective finish, um, and it, it added some more heat to Bray. Uh, it was awesome, so the crowd popped. Uh, I think, you know, we're in the we're in the age where the crowd is just responding to cool things. And mm-hmm. uh, I think this is a cool thing, uh, but it's also a way to believably beat Roman on pay-per-view. And we don't have to be him. Uh, we don't have to see him kind of be this uh, super heroic version of a character yet. Yeah, I, I mean, again, kind of a surprising finish. I think coming into this, you just figure Reigns gets this payback for Money in the Bank. I like the Harper turn. They're much better together. I think at this point, not that Harper can't be a solo star is just they're not using him as such. So I think putting him with Wyatt makes sense. Like get the band back together. They've been apart long enough. Uh, I thought the match was, was quite good. I think they have pretty good chemistry. We'll see it as the year goes on. Uh, so in three and a half on the match, I like that. You know, again, we, we talked about it last episode, right? They're trying to find different ways to get reigns over after the debacle at mania and the rumble. So the first step was, all right, just try and have him be like a badass, big man brawl, big show, you know, stepping up and doing the big bombs, like you said. Secondly, they're pairing him with Dean Ambrose and using Ambrose being over and connecting with the crowd to transition that to Reigns um, and and having him, you know, benefit from that unison and that buddy, 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 top of the card. Third, 
is making them vulnerable and beatable, right? We got a lot of flack and bullshit because they thought, okay, well, he's just going to run through everyone. We're going to get Cena 2.0 where he just wins every match, every, every month, blah, blah, blah. And no, I mean, this is two months in a row now he's lost, right? So it feels like they're trying all these different ways to um, humanize and reset the clock on him. We'll see if it's too little too late or not, but they're working their asses off to reestablish him uh, the way they wanted him to be at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, taking the mulligan and trying to rebuild. So we'll see as the season goes on where that ends up. But for now, they're I think they're taking the right steps and they're doing the right things um, to try and get him back over. All right, our next match is a triple threat match for the Divas title. And uh, it's an interesting one as we have Charlotte Flair taking on Sasha Banks and Brie Bella. So here we go. Uh, was actually, was this not a title match? It was not a non-title match. Okay. So yeah, that's right, non-title. We had it as title, so that's why I got confused. Because I'm like, Brie Bella, no, it shouldn't be. Uh, but anyway, big time match, because it is the pay-per-view debuts for Charlotte and Sasha Banks, who had come up on TV. Again, we keep talking about it, right? That they're trying to establish again the women's division we've had these women tearing it up in nxt for uh, over a year now started with Paige and emma transitioned to charlotte and uh becky lynch and bailey and um sasha so like you know we're starting to see them infiltrate the roster now uh with stephanie taking the forefront as being kind of the face of promoting the women's division which you know we'll talk about it again that gets a little squirmy right because the authority of position is these <laughs> heels but then when she's talking about the divas and the revolution she's the face so the whole thing's kind of weird uh but th- this was like a, a sharp usage of them we get it goes 12 minutes so we're already getting again more time across the board for the women charlotte gets the clean win over brie uh with the uh figure eight so that looked good bank you know banks got the bank statement so they're all getting their spots in and you can already see the evolution and elevation in quality of the women's wrestling on the main roster with the influx and uh, infusion of talent with Charlotte and Sasha Banks here. So I went three stars on this. I thought it was pretty good. And I think it's just kind of getting us started. Yep, uh, I agree with everything you said. I'm just a tick below uh, at 2.75. Um, but still, we are we're on the right path. Um we're seeing this uh, this new era for women's wrestling in WWE, uh, this recommitment uh, uh, to women in WWE, seeing them get more time, uh, seeing them be a little bit more physical uh, in ring. Uh, so I'm excited moving forward. Um, you know, I don't, you know, maybe this will be a, a topic for another time. I don't know how uh, conducive debuting all these people at one time really is. It, it helps, I think, having NXT and having a portion of the audience follow mm-hmm. along, but. The WWE audience is so big that, you know, if, if you know, 500,000 people or whatever are following NXT, well, you still have, you know, several million not watching and not familiar. So it's kind of, you know, splitting the focus from getting one person over to now trying to get three uh, people over and, and now, you know, three new groups over at the same time. So it's a bit ambitious, but uh, I think they're going to put their best foot forward with it. So 2.75 for me. Uh but yeah, but it's such a, um, I'm with you hundred percent, a hundred percent. Uh, but that said, it's such a huge jump in talent that it's like, it's worth the risk that they're going to struggle to sell them, you know, to get them yeah. over, to use them. But we needed this big dump of talent. 
definitely. Uh, speaking of new talent, we still have uh, Kevin Owens here as he's mm. going to be taking on John Cena. Uh, this will be the third match in their pay-per-view series. Uh, and John Cena is going to pick up the win by submission, uh, retaining his U.S. championship. Uh, and I went 4.5 for this match. I liked it a little bit more than the Money in the Bank match. I thought it was on par with the Elimination Chamber match, uh, the first match in the series. Um, again, it's a lot of moves. It's it's a little bit of like move vomit. Yeah. Um, but for us, that's a it's a brand new side of John Cena. Um, and and I think Owen's execution uh, and his timing and his move placement, um, I, I think it it separates his matches from maybe some of the other matches we're going to see as we continue along uh, this season, uh, where it's just kind of like spamming moves and and, and finisher spamming. Um, I, I think it's just different when when Owen's does it. Um, he kind of has that mastery over the craft already. So, uh, fantastic match, four and a half for me. Yeah, I went for four and a half as well. Uh, so that ties it with me uh, with their with their first match, Elimination Chamber. I, I think I like Chamber the best of the three, the first and this one next, but it's slight. It's it's real close. Um, I think I just like Chamber more because it's such a surprise, uh, so out of nowhere and so like energizing that like Owens could win that match and be on that level on day one. So that to me that the the vibe around that match makes it stand out just slightly above this one, but all three are awesome. Uh, but here we are. We talked about it, right? Cena wins a two out of three, uh, and he taps here. So it's like, I don't know. I guess they want to keep the U.S. belt on Cena. Is it is it completely necessary? Getting Owens a belt right out of the gate could have really established him here. Cena taking a tough, hard knock loss um, wouldn't have hurt him. I guess the only defense you can make is that they. They're prepping Cena to be the challenger at SummerSlam, so a loss here maybe doesn't resonate. I'm not one to advocate for fuck finishes, but could this have been a draw? Mm. Right? Could they have like knocked each other out or so, you know something like that? Right? Like maybe that works. Um, I don't know. I guess it doesn't hurt Owens too as much as the other guys. I guess we'll see how the follow up goes, but he really, um, I think a win here would just meant a lot more. So it's just. It just it continues to be the trend, I guess, more than anything, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think there's a point. Uh, you know, we've talked about GWWE uh, as that project is, is winding down and, and votes or ballots are in. Um, curious to see where Cena stands. Um, you know, this He's dropping be, for me. I can tell yeah, you that. Same, same for me. Same yeah. for me. Um, you know, cool matches are cool, but at the same time, like, who are you? Who are you really establishing and putting over? Um, right. And this this could have been an opportunity to have Owens take uh, two out of three or have him take all three. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's actual foil for John Cena. And, it you know, it's somebody it looks like he should beat him. Right. Like if you're just comparing looks, you would think, you know, it's a superhero John Cena. He should be able to conquer Kevin Owens. But uh, you could have told a cool story there with Cena uh, needing to, to fight harder to, to to beat somebody, somebody just having his number. Uh, you know, is he getting too old? You know, stuff like that. Um, but. You know, we'll see how Owens uh, recovers uh, and how he continues on from this feud. And, you know, now that Cena has conquered a uh, another new challenger, a new arrival, uh, what's what's next for him? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's clear they're setting him up for that to be that title guy. I mean, I don't know why else you win this. Um, I just think you look at it historically. I think Cena went from being like to Shannon, right? Like almost like too over the top where, oh, Cena can't wrestle this and that to where 
it went the other way, right? Almost um, to where everyone feels like, all right, well, maybe he's too uh, too underrated, and he does have these great matches, and he is putting guys over where it swung the other way. And I guess the truth just lies somewhere in the middle. He's just, you know, guy who has great matches, but also has a laundry list of, you know, not doing the final step needed to get other guys mm-hmm. over. and does a lot of damage. Just in this year alone, we just talked about it. Wyatt, Rusev, Owens, um, you know, the Nexus stuff we haven't covered yet, but that's, yeah, probably the most egregious one, right? So we'll see. All right, main event time. <clears throat> Seth Rollins defending against Brock Lesnar. And I think, and it's a no DQ match. So, I mean, coming into this one, it's, uh, I'm sorry, it's not no DQ. Uh, but coming into this one, you're thinking for sure, all right, like, this is it. Like, there's no way Rollins is beating this guy. He's been, you know, prepped to such a chicken shit. Lesnar's going to want revenge for Mania. He's going to come in and destroy him. They're going to put the belt back on Lesnar and go from there. Nine minutes in, just when Lesnar hits the F5, out comes The Undertaker uh, and ends up being a no contest as they brawl and Rollins escapes with his belt. So, again, Rollins portrayed as a bit of a pussy. Uh, maybe a little more viable this time that he's just definitely not going to beat Lesnar no matter what. He escapes yet again. Um, you know, Taker had been off TV since Mania. And it's kind of weird to come after Lesnar now, like, you know, this far after <laughs> the WrestleMania 30 match, but here we are. <laughs> um, it's a year and a half later. He's coming for revenge, but... We'll see now. Again, like, okay, the Mania 30 match was shaky. Are they really going to, a year and a half later, find the magic with these two? We'll see. Um, so, anyway, I thought the match itself was fun. I mean, all Lesnar matches are great, right? Like, he's just chucking Rollins around, and it's a spectacle. So, I went three and a quarter, despite the nine minutes and the shit finish. But still pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I went three. Um Seeing Lesnar toss somebody around is always fun. And, you know, Rollins is uh, just su- such like a peak athlete during this time. Um, you know, he can he can really kind of kind of deliver the best version of that match. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't get to see it uh, because we get the interference. But it was unexpected. Uh, the crowd definitely reacted to it. It was a, a cool way to, to end the show. Um, and, yeah, once again, we get a. a another pay-per-view finish with uh, Rollins involved. It kind of misses that beat of finality. So um, curious to see where we're going to go with Rollins. Like I know he's WWE champion, but like it feels like his number is going to be up soon. Like if he can't ever beat anybody straight up, um, yeah. you know, how long can this keep going? Um, you know, and it's, it's like when we covered JBL, like, you know, he would, kind of have like these creative finishes to to retain his title but like sometimes he would just hit the clothesline and like all right like he, he hit his move and that was it um you know we're, we're still lo- uh, lacking that with rollins it was presented though more too is that he was in control like it was more like the horseman where jbl set up the cabinet jbl told them what to do jbl ordered them around and gave them demands like that was the presentation of him he was in command this feels like Rollins is just Triple H's avatar bitch boy. Like, he's got no controller command, right? He's just being punked around by the boss and being told what to do. So that's why the chicken shit thing is even more shitty. It's like, at least with JBL, it was by design, by his design. Not like Triple H having to do everything to keep saving this guy. That's what it feels like more. Yeah, he's a, he's a simulation. <laughs> 
All right. So that nets out to a pretty strong five and a half uh, match grade. Like we talked about, anything in that range is, is pretty good. So another pretty good in-ring show here. Let's see how the rest of it pans out. Let's get to Bill. A uh, point for a very good Sheamus or Money in the Bank follow-up uh, playing off of that match. A point for the initial kickoff to the Women's Revolution. A point for the well-built Ryan uh, Reigns-Wyatt feud after Money in the Bank and follow-up attacks by Wyatt. A point for Cena Owens going to a rubber match. It's been well-positioned and intense on the card. Uh, and now Owens coming for the U.S. title. And then a point for the really good long build to Lesnar-Rollins from Mania to here. So that's that's been kind of brewing since that point. Yep. Uh, for our minuses, we have the Force Women's Trios. Um, didn't didn't have the organic growth. It's like, okay, we, uh, here's these extra women. Uh, divide them up into teams of three, and now have a triple threat match. Um, Stephanie also trying to be <laughs> trying to be the face, very godmother of the women's division. Um, uh, but still being a heel with the authority, there's just some inconsistency there. Uh, it's pretty glaring. Uh, Bray Wyatt's goals are kind of vague. Um, you know, I guess that's kind of evergreen. Uh, but talking about changing uh, changing worlds and, and just other random things, it's, mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't connect. Um, Roman, this was for me, uh, or for me, Roman not being bothered by Wyatt's mind games. That was a point of emphasis during uh, the video package and during commentary. They kept talking about like, oh, you know, Roman Roman's tough. He's not going to be bothered mm-hmm. by Roman's mind games. And it's like, okay, like, even though you beat him and you showed he's not superhuman – you're trying with the mentality already, like right. that Cena mentality of, well, nothing affects me. And yeah. like, you're cutting the legs out from a guy whose whole gimmick is mind games. Um, but then we have the curse of this intercontinental title during 2015 with uh, Ryback being hurt. Uh, canceling the intercontinental title match. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The icy title is really cursed. Um, it may have started Brian, I guess, <laughs> since then it's right. Brian wins it. It's supposed to be positioned as a big belt. He gets hurt. Uh, they do the vacant thing. It goes up in the chamber. That's a shit show. Now Ryback's hurt. So definitely uh, seems to be a little curse here with the IC Bill. Uh, all right. So that nets up to a one for build. Uh, commentary. Uh, good job getting the new women in the backgrounds over. Like Cole, this is kind of where he's at his best during this time period is, um, you know, using the history and background from NXT when he needs to and explaining the stories. Uh, a point for the announcer being again locked in on Cena Owens helps fuel the big match vibes. And then a point for the commentary selling the big bombs between Wyatt and Reigns. Yep. Uh, for our minuses, uh, pretty decent night for commentary as we only have uh, the nonstop Twitter obsession, which is still going, and uh, a lot of forced uh, Reigns hype talk. Um, trying to get that off the ground there. So uh, that nets out to a one for us. All right. Atmosphere. Uh God level pop for Orton when he comes out to start the show. So point mm-hmm. for that uh, point for the great Wyatt entrance. Always worthwhile uh, point for the big reactions to the bombs being thrown between Wyatt reigns uh, a point for the big pop for the Wyatt win a uh, point for the usual pumped up atmosphere for John Cena and a point for Lesnar just mauling Rollins and then the monster pop for taker as well. So a really good show crowd wise. I mean, they were, they were really into it. Yep, uh, let's check out the minuses. Uh, we've got the crowd being dead for the tag team title match. They are definitely spotty for the women, which, again, they've got two brand new characters in there. Um, crowd's all over Brie, and uh, the crowd being dead for the uh, Rollins entrance. WWE champion Seth Rollins. So uh, not exactly what you want to see uh, f- from from your top guy. Um, but, JT, that gives us a total score of war, of uh, total war score of four. Yep, pretty good. 
Uh, pretty good score there for sure for atmosphere. So the crowd helping this one out. Notable moments. Uh, two points for the first pay-per-view of the women's revolution. So good on them. A point for Harper rejoining the family. Uh, two points for the pay-per-view debut of Charlotte. Two points for the pay-per-view de- debut of Sasha Banks. So the women's revolution really just piling it up here for this show. Uh, and then a point for the Undertaker returning and destroying Lesnar was a big moment. Uh, for Amizes, we've got the New Day losing two straight <laughs> matches, uh, despite the, uh, the big heel push. Uh, Reigns uh, still getting booed uh, heavily at times, uh, not even pairing him with a true heel uh, to really help out with that because, you know, Bray is is reiterating some of the sentiments of the audience. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're already splitting the crowd there. Uh, we've got Cena beating Owens for uh, the second straight month. Uh, and this time, you know, making him tap out. It felt like for good measure, you know, I got to I got to pin him and I got to tap him out. Right. Um, Jojo being made to look completely irrelevant uh, in the backstage interview segments. Um, this is a thing where like they, they intimidate the backstage announcer. They make fun of her questions. Mm -hmm. They take the microphone away from her. Like you're just taking away the effectiveness of of another character on your show. Right. Gene was Uh, always giving shit back to them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and not giving up the microphone. So, uh, every, uh, most matches on this card, uh, I think I put every, but a lot of matches on this Mm -hmm. card, uh, had an apron bump. Um, and those are pretty brutal and devastating, but when every yeah. match has one, uh, just like anything, it, it's less impactful. Right. All right. So that's a three for moments, which is honestly pretty solid for this season. <laughs> so, not bad. Uh, five and a half a match grade. Like we talked about, let's talk card structure. We start with two big stars and a long slug fest. So point for that, uh, point for Miz cutting a really good promo, uh, to fill in for the missing match. Good use of show knocking him out. Uh, you know, that could have been a mess and then a point for closing with the world title match when they could have went elsewhere with Reigns or elsewhere. Um, we have for the minuses, we have new, uh, Oh, already said that. Sorry. Uh, car structure here. Uh, we've got the poor selection of superstars, uh, in Seamus and Orton to highlight the Twitter beef, uh, and ending the main event with no real finish. Uh, Rollins just kind of vanishes. Um, so about Seamus and Orton that point, um, I don't think of like Seamus being on Twitter and I really, you know, up until more recently, I don't mm-hmm. think about like Randy Orton uh, being right. somebody who's going to communicate on Twitter. So like, I understand why they did it because these two superstars have like, you know, over a million followers at this point, uh, which was still kind of like the golden threshold uh, to cross on, on Twitter at the time. Um, but like, I don't, I don't think these two guys are the two guys to have uh, beefing on Twitter. Um, find somebody else, you know, you could do that with new day and, and uh, primetime players. Uh, it just doesn't feel like something that either of those characters would do. Agreed. Agreed. It seemed for us. And there's a way to go about it without that. There's, you know, they started it well with the money in the bank stuff and all that. And then it devolved into that. But let's, it says these two guys don't need a reason. They just want to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that nets out to a one rewatchability. We gave a point for Miss digging on Ryback and big show. Like that was a really funny promo. I thought he really, he really kind of saved the day with that, you know, filling in for the missing match. Yep. And for the minuses, we have Undertaker's short Lego Frazier haircut. Terrible. Just terrible. Yeah. Awful. I mean, just shave it. Something. Wear a bandana. <laughs> it just looks it looks awful. It's yeah. it does. It looks like a Lego Frazier. It's, it's not <laughs> no way enough. Uh so that's a wash. And then uh all time match, Cena Owens yet again, three straight shows. Gets a plus one. So that brings us to a sixteen point five, Marcus, or Battleground fifteen. That's uh Pretty damn good. It's right above our last one, pretty much, which was 
um, Money in the Bank 15, and there's actually quite the glut. So it's only one and a half war points above, but it's actually seven spots higher. So that, that puts it on the doorstep of top 20 for us. Yeah, it's a, a really, really solid showing. Um, Tied with Unforgiven 99. Uh, gets the bump because it's got the better match. A little above Backlash 99 and King of the Ring 99. And just below Brooklyn 4. Wow. <laughs> Take Brooklyn 4. So um, I think that's, you know, coming in. I don't know. Would you have thought that for this show? I always remember liking the Battleground pay-per-views. Like, I thought they were just really solid cards. But um, so far for this project, it definitely finished a little bit higher than I thought. I thought maybe... Uh, 14, 15, but I mean, 16, 16.5, uh, you know, that every little bit of war helps, uh, and, and puts it on top of another show. So, uh, really good showing from battleground. All right. We got a big one coming up. SummerSlam 2015. Took place on August 23rd from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. 15,702, of which your buddy JT here was part, part of, that crowd. Uh, this is the first of their run of Brooklyn Summer Slams, right? The last one was in L.A. Uh, the next, what, four are here? Is it 15? I know 15, 16, 17, definitely. Right? I think 18 is too, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I think Toronto is the first one that they're out of in 19. Yeah, that sounds right. Let me see this real quick. 17 is definitely there. Yeah, 18's there too. Uh, so this was this was a fun uh, atmosphere because uh, Mr. Criscolo was able to secure the uh, box to one of his friends. Uh, so we were up in the luxury suite for the show. Uh, so that was a really cool feel and vibe. Uh, also, the night before, sadly, we did not attend Brooklyn Takeover, uh, which would have been uh, the first. Was that the Sasha Bailey? I think it was right, the Iron Woman. So. Yeah, so we did not see that live. But we did go to Ring of Honor at Coney Island. Um, Nakamura was there. Bushwacka Luke was there. It was, it was an interesting <laughs> card. Uh, Kevin Kelly was there, which is the main reason we went to go see him. Uh, but it ended up being a pretty fun show. There was some, I think Okada might have been there too. Like, it was like a real weird mix of guys at that show um, that we saw live. So it was a really fun weekend of wrestling. And this was a cool, uh, cool memories of seeing the show live. We'll see if it holds up. We got our triumvirate in the booth again. Cole king and jbl we had a uh no pre-show match actually we just get right into the proceedings here for SummerSlam, and we open with a rematch from our last show also was the opener it was randy orton versus sheamus yet again um they get a lot of time again they go uh almost 13 minutes and this time sheamus wins clean and uh gets his win back so i think it's a good way to do this feud to have Orton win the first one after the Money in the Bank, and Sheamus closes the feud with a win to reestablish him as a top contender. So Orton kind of shows he could beat him if they want to go that route, but Sheamus stands tall in the end, which I think made sense. Uh, I went three and a quarter on this match. I had just a a nick below um, Battleground, but still pretty strong. Yeah, uh, and I think the the finish played into it. Um, Orton kind of catches uh, Sheamus with the RKO out of nowhere at Battleground. This was two bro kicks in a row, and it was very decisive. Like, all right, like Seamus caught him, uh, and like he finished it. So, uh, I think when you do a finish like that, you don't need the third match. You know, I'm sure they probably did one on Raw, but uh, as far as the pay per view trilogy goes, not necessary. Uh, I really enjoyed this uh, equally with the Battleground match. I went uh, three and a half. Uh, our next contest is. 
a four corners match, or I guess a fatal four way for the WWE tag team titles. Uh, and the new day, this is the one that we've been waiting on. <laughs> They're going to start their run uh, as they win the WWE tag team titles here. Um, I thought this was really good. Of course, uh, this match has the Lucha Dragons, the primetime players, Los Matadores, and then the New Day. Um, this is a really good four corners match. Um, we're starting to see the the creativity of the superstars uh, really come out to play during this era. You're seeing some of the uh, you know, emboldenment from NXT, uh, some of the creativity start to creep its way up to the main roster, uh, and you're seeing these matches executed a little bit differently than what you would have seen, you know, even just a year or two before. So, uh, I really like this match, uh, 3.75 for me. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, I went three and a half. I was glad to see New Day finally get the belts back. I, I mean, if we went another one with primetime uh, players retaining, I think we would have said, okay, we're putting the knife in New Day. They really needed to win and get back on track. I mean, they're really starting to get over now. The fans are starting to turn them slightly as well. They're getting the three-man thing down. Like, this is – it's their division. We needed to get back to it. Fine for primetime. I think it was a month too long. But if you want to give New Day the big win at SummerSlam, it stands out. Starts early in the card. So I get with it. Uh, they're a lot of fun already, so I think this this made a lot of sense to uh, to go this route. So good to have the new day back on top. Again, I went three and a half. We get to our next match, and that is Dolph Ziggler taking on Rusev. Uh, we hinted at this earlier tonight, this feud uh, around Lana, uh, where she has left Rusev and she's dating Dolph, and now we got Summer Rae with Rusev, and it's just like a super soap opera thing going on. The feud itself stinks. Um, you know, it's been talked about ad nauseum, right? But they put Lana with, um, you know, Rusev and then break them up because they're not happy that they're a real couple and all this other bullshit, right? So uh, it just felt like personal to do this to them. Felt unnecessary. Uh, Summer Rae, I feel like is like she's good, but. I don't know. Like it just wasn't connecting here either. It just, the whole thing feels forced. Um, I just would have kept Lana with Rusev. It was a winning formula that said the match itself is like fine until the finish, which ends up being a double count out. The crowd was not into it at all, uh, but I thought it was a pretty good brawl. Like the match itself was worked fine. I went two and three quarters. It's just a few that I'm really not into. Yeah. I remember being into it at the time, but uh, I think it's just one of those programs like, Especially knowing where we're going to end up with Lana and Rusev like, very shortly after this. It's like a blip in the radar. Um, it was like a time capsule and it just doesn't, um, I'm not going to say it doesn't age well, but it's just like not relevant. You know, like they, they tried something, it, it didn't work. Um, so I went three though. Um, I really like Ziggler's work during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, speaking of GWE, uh, I think he's going to continue to creep up the more I watch him during the season for me. I've kind of got him hovering in the uh, 50-ish area. Uh, and Rusev, man, like he's, he's still really good in ring. Um, he can do a lot more than just being the clubbering bully heel. Uh, you know, he can, he can work a bit and keep up with an athletic, uh, athletic contest, but still play his part, uh, to its truest form. So, uh, I really liked what these guys did. I thought the work was really good. So three for me. Our next contest is a tag team match, a bit of a special attraction as we have Neville teaming with Green Arrow, Stephen Amell taking on Wade Barrett and Stardust. Um, 
and this one's kind of a little bit of a vanity vanity project with uh with Stardust bringing mm-hmm. in uh, Stephen Amell using a, a celebrity connection there. Um, you know, they shoot the angle on TV to get Amell involved, and uh, for a celebrity tag match, like this, did not overstay its welcome. Uh, it did. We didn't have to see Stephen Amell do like a full. Uh, you know, take take like two or three heats or anything like that. Um, you know, kind of like Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Um, I went two point seven five. Like I thought this was yeah perfectly executed. I thought it kind of maxed out at what it could have been. Um, you got to see Amel do like you know his one or two big spots, and then they take it home. So uh, a tick above replacement level. Uh, I thought it added to the show. Yeah, it was only seven and a half minutes. It was perfectly done. Amel could tell took it seriously. Um, really put the training in. He looked really good in the ring. I went two seven five as well. Uh, you know, got got Cody on the show. He obviously kind of been fading with the Stardust gimmick. Not much had been happening. I like the comic book stuff that they built around it too. Like as part of the build and the hype, that was well done um, and pretty neat. So yeah, this was fine. It's, and it's a memorable tag match too. Like everyone remembers the Arrow tag on SummerSlam. So um, it's a good little. Like, this is a match you wouldn't be shocked to see, like, in an early SummerSlam card. You know, just kind of a fun little tag early in the show. So, it probably doesn't make any other pay-per-view card, but this one or Mania. So, all right. Up next, we get the match. We kind of get screwed out of it. Battleground. And that is for the Intercontinental title as Ryback defends against Big Show and The Miz. And this ended up being okay. I just went two and a half. So, I, I had it pretty much at replacement level. I was glad Ryback won. Um, we haven't really gotten enough of his title reign yet. Like, I didn't think it would be too early to take it out. This felt like a get big show on the card for the sake of getting big show on the card, even though they've been feuding a bit. I mean, these two guys have been entangled with each other. Uh, I just went, you know, went five and a half minutes. So, fine, whatever. Um, you know, if there's one match on this card they could have done without, I think it's this one. But I'll never fault them for also getting the IC belts on the card. I think I would have left Big Show off and just had Ryback like kill Miz, um, which they kind of do anyway. So whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, two point seven five for me. I liked. Um, I, I guess I like the they did well with like you know having the two big monsters and then having Miz come in and, and pick his spots. Um, and again, it didn't overstay its welcome. Um, but I don't have too much more to say about the match. Um, which takes us to another big match mm-hmm. uh, halfway through the card here. And, yeah, we're, man, just looking at this card, like, it's we're really going to be humming. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. Um, a lot of matches. A lot of, lot of matches, but just, yeah, the star power. Um, so this is a, a big star power tag team matches. We've got uh, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, our two buddies, taking on uh, the recently reunited uh, Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. I loved this match, and I was – very close uh, to going 4.25, but ended up settling at four. Um, WWE, when they want to, they're really good about doing kind of like a the super team style match. Yeah. Um, in a way, this kind of reminded me of just like a a more aggressive version of like Mega Powers versus Mega Bucks. Um, it, it, not to the same grand level, but like you have these two buddies taking on like you know, these two bad guys, buddies, and um, it was just intense, man. Uh, it, there was a lot of contact here. Um, I think Harper is one of the best tag team workers uh, in, in that company's history. Uh, I think Ambrose is as well. He's been in, in many more uh, great tag team matches that we'll see as we continue this project. Uh, and Reigns and Wyatt are, are studs. Um, and I think Wyatt really shines in a tag team environment as well. 
So uh, this this got four for me. Uh, Reigns and Ambrose are going to pick up the win. Uh, I don't think I said that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool. It's just a kind of like a, a cool big time uh, tag team attraction match. And I think when WWE does those well, it's what's one of the best things they do. Yeah, I went three and a half. I liked it quite a bit as well. Um, it was like a throwback match to the old school. It just feels like a SummerSlam match. Like you know, some of your biggest matches in SummerSlam history are like big tags, right? So. You know, we're not going to have our tops, some of these guys fighting for the title. So let's stick them in these superpower matches. It played off really well from the last pay-per-view uh, when they reset. When they reset the uh, Reigns and um, oh, the Wyatt family back together. You know, so that was big. Uh, and I think it was just a really well done overall. So, again, they're really working hard. Um you know, to get Reigns over and pairing with Ambrose just makes sense. It's a clean way to get a win, but not blow off yet the Reigns uh, YF feud either. We can we still got juice in that for a solo match. So uh, really good. And it, it, it's like this cool table setter for our world title match, which is next, uh, which is Seth Rollins defending against John Cena, U.S. champion. It is title for title. Both are on the line. I was curious about how this was going to hold up. Um, I knew it was always well regarded. I remember liking a lot in the time. Uh, but I wasn't sure historically if it was going to be as good as uh, it had been remembered as. And um, it was. I ended up going four and a half. I think it's maybe underrated to this day. I think everyone thinks of the next year with Cena Styles, but this one's not far off. Uh, the only thing that does take away from it for me is the, is the finish with Jon Stewart, of all people, turns heel. Um, I guess it was a cool moment. It gives them their sports center and Good Morning America moment, I guess. But it's it just felt kind of goofy. Um the one thing that's positive is at least like Rollins hits a move after it's not like um, it's not like Stewart just hits him with the uh, chair and then Rollins pins him or anything like mm-hmm. that. So at least gets the move in. Um, so whatever, I guess on the finish, uh, you know, Rollins gets his win again. It's not clean, but he did have a great 20 minute match with Cena. So I guess maybe it washes out, you know, Cena does put him over. It could have been easy just to give Cena both belts here. So we'll see how Rollins continues to move. It's definitely a, probably the biggest marquee winner for him of his reign. Uh, I just don't know why Jon Stewart had to do a heel turn. So <laughs> seems shaky. Yeah. Uh, I almost want to go back and watch the TV between Battleground and SummerSlam 2015. Because uh, I feel like... I don't like think anyone's ever said that ever. I, 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 just, just to see what happens with Rollins. Because I feel like... There's something that clicks with Rollins from Battleground to SummerSlam and the way the crowd reacts. And that could be the New York crowd. They're a little bit more honest um, than, than some other crowds uh, and a little bit more appreciative, too, of like, you know, great in-ring work. Um, but as soon as Rollins comes out, uh, I think you realize like it's a special night. Like he is, I think, height of powers. Uh, and that might be why I'm a little uh, tick higher on this match than you. I went 4.75. Mm. Uh, I don't know if Seth Rollins has ever been better on any night than this night. Like, this might yeah. be his best night. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would. Cena's great, but yeah, I, I'd agree. I, like, I think he, he carried the match to me, for sure. Yeah. Um, if they could, like, continually tap into <laughs> whatever they tapped into with Rollins on this night. Like, this is the guy um, that you can book TV around. Like, this is the, the kind of athletic um, athletic superstar that that they want and, and, and they want to display and want to feature. Um, I don't think it's been whatever has been going on in the last couple months, the last couple shows we've reviewed. 
Um, yeah, something clicked here. Rollins is at his height of powers. Uh, big match John comes out to play. Um, you know, and John Stewart's kind of like a, a, a ha moment, but it's memorable if nothing else. Um, I think everybody knows like <laughs> this is that's that's the finish of this match. So 4.75 for me, and uh, that makes it a mutual all-time classic for us. I mean, Sienna for everything we've been saying has now delivered four straight all-time classics. Yeah, that's on- nuts. You know, in the season here, and I'm looking back, I didn't have one before that. Yeah, so the, he's on quite the roll. It's four straight now. All right. Um, the big matches keep on coming along as we have, uh, oh, I don't even want to say the team name. Uh, we've got Paige, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch taking on Team Bad of Sasha Banks, Tamina, Naomi taking on uh, the Bella Twins and Alicia Fox. Uh, so this is kind of a, a, a weird, like, three-on-three-on-three match. Um, it is elimination style. I didn't botch that, right? The elimination style. Um, it is, yeah. Yep, Team Bad's out first. Um, so, yeah, three-team elimination match. They get 15 minutes. Uh, pretty decent amount of time still. Um, and uh, Paige, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch are going to pick up the win. Uh, I went three. I thought this was a difficult match to try to showcase everyone in, but... I think they did pretty close to as well as they could have, uh, given the circumstances. Uh, they definitely got time. Um, it's just a tricky match to try to pull off. Um, it's, it's a weird dynamic, and I think it was worth a shot. Like, I think you needed to have the clash of all three teams at one time. Yeah, um, I guess them all on the card, on, on a big card, yeah. which is, you know, they're trying to establish overall, right, the women's revolution, so it makes sense to get as many of them on. Uh, I'm I'm just not a fan of the three team thing. It felt completely forced. Uh, it didn't feel organic. Like Stephanie just debuting them and assigning them into teams like felt weird. Um, so I mean I, I don't think it lasts super long, which is good. But and just none of it made sense um, to me. So again, the match is good and it's great that we get to see these women on the big show. They deserve it. Uh, you know the infusion of talent continues to really help a lot. It's almost reelevated Paige as well because now she's associated with these other women. Um, so that helps a ton. So, and you want to get Nikki on the card still too. You're not going to do just another straight rematch. Uh, I guess you could have done, uh, you know, Charlotte, Nikki here, but then that leaves everyone else off unless you do two women's matches, which I guess you could have done if you didn't have Ziggler Rusev or the IC or something, but um, all in, it still went three and a quarter. Like it's still a really good match. It's just, it felt like it's more the booking and clunkiness around how they're presenting the women. Yeah. All right. All right. So that brings us to our next match, which at the time felt like a bit of a, I don't say dream match, but one of the most potential exciting matches on the card coming into it was Cesaro versus Kevin Owens. You kind of wonder like, okay, where's Owens going to go? Um, you know, after losing a Cena three times, like what's the end game for him? Uh, how are they going to utilize him? And they go ahead and say, okay, well, we're just going to have a pure indie dream work rate match with Cesaro, who's also not doing anything. We haven't seen anything from him since, no. uh, you know, his team with Tyson Kidd sadly ended. So I remember coming into this, I was like super excited. I remember in the arena when it ended being really disappointed and thinking, oh, the crowd wasn't into it. It was a tough spot on the card. They under delivered, they underwhelmed. This was a chance for them to break out and it kind of stunk. But then rewatching it, Marcus, I really liked it. It was actually—I feel yeah. like I underrated it live. Maybe I was just tired. It was a long night um, at that point, and it seemed like a, a tough spot for them 
before the main event. But I thought this delivered and Owen stays hot. Like it's, it was a really good match. I went three and three quarters. Like I, I, again, I think it's almost overlooked on this card. Yeah, I went three and a half. Um, always love uh, Cesaro, Cesaro's work. Um, and Owens already feels like a main player. Uh, it already feels like I can't remember mm-hmm. a time before this guy was on the roster uh, type of situation with him. Um, I think it's just the lack of stakes. Um, I know we needed, I don't know if we needed, but I know like a big selling point of Cena Rollins was like WWE champion versus US champion. Uh, and, and going title for title there. But, like, I mean, if Owens has the U.S. title and it's defending against Cesaro, at least that's a little something extra. Right. Um, but also it just felt like, again, if if Owens had beat Cena, um, maybe this isn't so clear-cut. Like, I feel like Owens was destined to win this because, okay, they're not going to beat him again on pay-per-view. Like, all right, he lost to John Cena twice but he's not going to lose to Cesaro. Like he's going to pick up a win here. So I felt like it was a little you know, predetermined uh, just because he's coming off with two losses to Cena, but they don't want to completely have him fall off the card. So um, yeah, three and a half for me. Excellent stuff from these two. All right. Made a med time, Marcus. All right. We've got Brock Lesnar going one-on-one with the undertaker. Um. I like this match a whole lot more than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a different side of the Undertaker. He feels like a gunslinger who might be out of bullets. Right. Uh, and he's trying to do anything he can to stay in the fight. Uh, we, we saw him at uh, Battleground use the low blow against Brock when he was starting to get outmatched, even though he had the surprise advantage. Um, we see him use a low blow again in this match. Um, we get a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, we get a lot of it of a weird finish. I think it's very divisive, uh, how you feel about that. Um, but I went for, uh, for this match, uh, great intensity, a, a all time memorable moment <laughs> in this match, mm-hmm. uh, that I think people who don't even watch wrestling, uh, will use, yep. use a gif of, um, and it's big time two stars, man. It's it's two big stars to close out the show, and they deliver a really great match. Yeah, they gave 18 minutes. And, I, again, there was a ton of questions coming into this. Like, the WrestleMania 30 match kind of sucked. Now it's a year and a half later. Taker's only wrestled, like, twice since then, right? So it's like, well, even that, if that. So it was, it was like, very much, okay, uh, you know, and now we're closing the show with it. Is this a waste of Brock? But man, they dialed it up. Like their chemistry from O2 came roaring back big time. They put together a great story. Like you said, I think the description of Taker as a gunslinger out of bullets, just the old old veteran having a craft together one last fight, uh, really you know holds up well. Uh, yeah, the finish is kind of shaky. I, I think it gives it gives Taker the win back for Mania, sets them up for another match, while protecting Lesnar quite a bit. You know, so it's I, I don't mind the finish here. I think Undertaker deserved it, uh, especially after the the showing he puts in into the match is great. Uh, you know, Lesnar giving the middle finger <laughs> while the hold is awesome. And you know, you mentioned the gifable moment, which is of course where they both you know Brock sits up and he's laughing, and then Taker sits up and then like <laughs> sarcastically laughs back at him to mock him. It's just an amazing wrestling moment. I remember dying live, and it still holds up wonderfully. Uh, just insane. It's because Undertaker like is extra crazy. 
<laughs> yeah. He's like doing a comedy spot. <laughs> he feels really like funny. Beetlejuice, man. <laughs> the uh, yeah, yeah, it's just nuts. So I went four stars. It's a great main event. It really, really holds up. It caps off a great night. And dude, this is now our highest scoring in ring show. How about it? Ten point two five. How about it? Um, I will say this. It's a little bit of a compiler. Uh, it, it just edges out TakeOver New York, which is like our highest rated show match wise. But it's got like double the matches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a counting stat for us. So I think on a per match basis, New York still probably, you know, pretty much blows it out. But from a total compiling match grade, like it doubles up all the ones we've been talking about that have been good. Like Battleground, Money in the Bank, it, it doubled those. So, yeah. Again, also, more matches, but all strong. Like, we didn't have any negative war. The right, lowest was the 0.25, and that's it. The more matches you have, the more opportunity you have to compile, but also that could go the other way. To take right? away, yeah. Yeah. It's a strong in-ring show. I think historically overlooked is a strong in-ring show. That, and it is the, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but I'll mention it here. Uh, this is the first, like, four-hour pay-per-view that's not a um, not a WrestleMania that they mm-hmm. do. Um, so I really think they knocked it out of the park with this format and <laughs> I guess moving yeah. forward, we'll see like, where do they kind of lose their way? Uh, cause they, they almost like overprepared for having a four hour show where like they didn't want any, any down points during the card. Right. Um, and it actually and finished short. I think it ended at like, it's like really just like three forty or something like that. So it's not even like the full, like we'll get later where it's like four change almost sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it hummed along. It's, it's a, even without our other metrics that we're about to get to, it, it would have been worthwhile watch just on the matches alone. It was, it was a really good show. All right, let's get to our categories. Uh, build, we gave a point for the, uh, really good Orton Seamus feud where Seamus cost Orton the title and then Orton blocked his cash in. So we're getting off of Twitter back into the real world. Uh, a point for the ongoing tag division war over the summer with New Day and primetime players going back and forth. Plus the other teams have been on the periphery. Uh, a point for the fun comic book-based celebrity tag we talked about. They really kind of played up the comic aspect of it. A point for getting that IC triple threat. We didn't get a battleground. Miz had to really carry the feud verbally while Ryrak was rehabbing, allowed them to get to this point. Uh, a point for Wyatt costing Reigns at Money in the Bank to reignite the Shield versus Wyatt feud from days gone by. A point for Rollins breaking John Cena's face to set up title for title and legitimize Rollins. Uh, a point for Nikki Bella breaking the record at 273 days as champion. Even though she doesn't defend here, she's setting records. Uh, a point for the really good long-term story as well. Taker and Brock back to WrestleMania 30. Plus the surprise appearance at Battleground. Yeah. Uh, plenty there in the build. Uh, let's look over here at the minuses. Uh, we've got the uh, the continuation of the stupid uh, Summer Lana, uh, Rusev Ziggler, uh, romance uh, angle. Uh, you know, a little bit of switcheroo going on there. Uh, no real build up to the women's tag. Again, it's just kind of like, all right, here's three teams now fight. Um, and, and the vague ties to the, uh, you know, w- uh, women's revolution. Uh, so that totals out to a war score of six for build. So, so good strong <laughs> on top of the 10 already. Those two categories alone have it better than everything else we've covered this season. So we'll see if any negatives take from it. Cooking. commentary i don't know man maybe we're wrong like i feel like we keep shitting on the commentary but every show it's it's positives um cole does a really good job talking about orton's six summertime successes i thought that added a lot to the match uh you know the um cole bringing up the lawler kaufman to get over Stephen amell 
Cole bringing up, which which is a cool point, right? Is it it's similar and and King is there in the booth. Uh, Cole bringing up the uh, good SummerSlam and title change fun facts all night. He's weaving them in well to tell the stories. Uh, I thought it was a really funny line. King mentions Twitter uh, is very concerned about how much Mountain Dew he's drinking, which I thought was hilarious because <laughs> this was a thing at the time. Because after his heart attack, uh, they always had the fucking Mountain Dew advertisements. Like they always had the bottles of Mountain Dew at the commentary table. And King's was the only one that was ever drank out of. Like, JBL and Cole never touched it. And his would always be, like, half gone throughout the show. And I remember people being concerned about it. They're like, dude, like, you got a heart attack. You're chugging the Mountain Dew. Uh, so it was funny that he, he referenced it. I thought that was really good. Uh, a point for Cole. Really putting Owens over as a character. He gutted through this match and a win after his, you know, loss to TakeOver. Like, back-to-back nights having tough matches. So that was a good job. Uh, also, Cole pointing out the good, uh, did a good job pointing out Brock being unbeaten since Trophy 29. JBL really puts over his resume. So I thought these two guys actually had a pretty strong night. Uh, yeah, uh, personal story. Uh, I was on a show with uh, Jerry the Stupid King Lawler one time, uh, and I saw him backstage uh, devour a bag full of Wendy's. Um, <laughs> I'm like, surely he's not going to eat all that before he wrestles. Um, and he did. And uh, he had a, a huge soda as well. Um, so on brand for the king. Um, but going into the minuses, we've got uh, Cole keeps oh, <laughs> Cole keeps with over explaining things. Um, king and JBL dissecting the uh, women's thoughts uh, with Lana. JBL saying that Miz is a bigger deal at uh, Christmas time than Jimmy Stewart. Uh, it made no sense. I didn't. Why? We're not talking talk Christmas. Why are we talking about Christmas? <laughs> the commentators uh, and panel basically say that uh, Rollins needed uh, John Stewart to win, uh, and I think it, it messes with, uh, you know, and dings his presentation. Yeah, um, I didn't like that. It was such a cool moment too, like seeing Seth Rollins with the two titles, um, kind of putting all the heat on John Stewart. It's like, eh. Well, and basically saying you wouldn't have won without him. It's like, all right. Yeah. Thanks. All right, so I guess it's a two. So again, positive, positive commentary. Uh, atmosphere, a uh, really good theme with Cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato. It's actually on hmm. point for once. Uh, a point for the big pop for Mick Foley. We didn't talk about him, but he, him and John Stewart opened the show in the ring. He gets a warm welcome. A point for the crowd is being so into the RKO in the opening match. A point for the heat during the New Day promo. A point, as always, for the Wyatt family entrance atmosphere. A point for the crowd being into the chaotic pace of the Shield-Wyatt match. They were kind of hanging on everything. Uh, a really vibrant John Cena sucks uh, set the tone for that match. A point for the just crowd being fucking lit for Cena Rollins the entire way through. Yeah. A point for the monster pop for Rollins winning. A point for the huge pop for Kevin Owens. A point for the uh, Brock and Heyman entrance. A point for Taker's entrance. And a point for the crowd in the main event. Like, just, I, I think it's one of the best crowds we've had in the show. Yeah. Like, they were just locked into everything. You can see why they came back here for three years, four years. I mean, the crowd is just insane for this one. Just a really strong night of great entrances and big time reactions and pops. All right. For our minuses, uh, we've got the crowd being dead for the tag team entrances after the new day promo. Uh, this crowd is all about the new day. Um, didn't have much time for anybody else in that match. Uh, crowd being pissed for the double count out uh, after committing to the match. Uh, Rain's still getting booed a little bit, and the crowd is chanting uh, Roman sleeping as he's uh, out there selling on the floor um, while uh, uh, Ambrose is getting beat up. Uh, crowd being a little bit distracted and not fully into uh, Owen Cesar in the right way. I, I think there was a fan fight or you know fans being uh, ejected from the building. 
Um, yeah, just just not their uh, undivided attention given to that match. That's a plus eight for Abister Marcus. We are piling up the points here. Um, all right, let's get to moments. A uh, point for New Day winning the tag titles. A point for Stephen Amell making his pay-per-view debut. A point for John Stewart grilling Paul Heyman about the streak ending, and Heyman makes a Letterman joke. That was funny. A point for Seth Rollins winning the U.S. title. Uh, a point for Cena using the figure four to try and tie Ric Flair's title win record, which is a cool note. A point for the first pay-per-view match with Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha all involved. A point for Undertaker's first SummerSlam since 2008, his first non-Mania match since 2010. So pretty big uh, show here for that. Uh, and a point for Brock Lesnar's first loss in two and a half years. Mm. All right. Um, we have... Uh, sorry, I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, Reigns continues to be vilified by the crowd. Mm-hmm. Despite uh, all the time spent to uh, rehab him, the John Stewart heel turn uh, a little bit random. Uh, just have Rollins go over strong, which we've been begging for this season, um, and just making him uh, look a little bit silly, needing the uh, you know re- comedian or actor to uh, help him win. Yeah. So six for memorable moments. Another big score. We already talked about a ten and a quarter for match grades. Let's talk card structure. This has kind of been the Achilles heel of this season. A uh, point for opening with another hard-hitting banger. A uh, point for a well-built card. This, you know, just overall, you know, celebrity match didn't overstay. Kind of left one a little bit more. Just everything up and down works pretty well. Uh, a point for the first half just breezing by. A point for all the big matches with stars, like just a loaded card. And then having the main event be the biggest names. Yeah, we usually like the title match being last, but here we have the top. The you had to have ta- you had to have Taker Lesnar close. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for minuses, we have uh, starting off with a lengthy, or what felt like a lengthy, John Stewart promo in the ring and a comedy bit with Foley. Uh, but the thing with the comedy bit, uh, there was no payoff really. There's no like payoff or punchline uh, to end the segment. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of them yucking it off and 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 uh, taking the act off off out of the ring. Um, terrible double countout finish on a major pay-per-view. I feel like they do that at SummerSlam a lot during the stretch. Um, I guess we'll see as we continue on. Uh, same finish for the four-way tag and triple threat match. Um, I think we've seen that this season as well. Uh, could have done multiple uh, women's matches with the new added depth to the roster. Cesaro and Owens, uh, tough card placement right there uh, before the main event. Um, end of a long show and with a bit of a restless crowd waiting for um, uh, Brock and Taker to get out there. Uh, convoluted early bell um, hurts the main event finish, I think, uh, and it needlessly puts heat on a, the timekeeper, who I don't even right. think they show. Right. Um, it's just kind of unprecedented, um, and we've had like the you know tap out or, or pin you know double finishes before, and, and that's never happened where the the timekeeper rings the bell on his own, so. I liked the idea. I didn't like the execution, um, but that's just where I land. All right. So that gives us a negative three. So our only weak spot here so far on this one. Uh, rewatchability. We gave a point for the biggie sandwich splash on the apron, which looked awesome. A point for the red arrow by Neville, of course, always worthwhile. A uh, point for Seth Rollins' sick white gear. I can rewatch that gear alone all day. A <laughs> uh, point for the Rollins superplex into Falcon Arrow, which was an awesome-looking move. And then a point, of course, uh, for Taker sitting up and laughing at Brock. Just uh, an iconic moment. Yeah, it was awesome. 
Uh, we have uh, the awkward uh, John Stewart heel turn. Uh, the timing being all off. I keep clicking on the uh, <laughs> wrong part. <laughs> my bad there. All right, so that's a plus four for rewatchability. Uh, all-time matches. Cena Rollins gets a point. No negatives. And that gives us a total score, Marcus, of 34.25. That is uh, getting into rarefied air. It's our third best show. Uh, Just nudging behind SummerSlam 99, our top show. Surprised? Yeah, I knew this show was good. Um, I feel like the real tipping point... Uh, might go back to that high match grade total. Um, yeah, you know, a bit of a compiler, but in the atmosphere, in the atmosphere, in the Those atmosphere, two. yeah, that was. Uh, I wasn't expecting the atmosphere. I knew the crowd was really good for Cena Rollins. Um, you know, I didn't remember the atmosphere being that good for the rest of the card, though. So that was a surprise to go back and find out. Um, but yeah, really strong, beyond strong, uh, really excellent showing. Uh, Summer slams are kind of showing that. Uh, they're, they're stepping up from the other shows and kind of being the blend of what we're looking for, I think, with this project. Um, you know, a little bit of some angles, uh, great atmosphere, uh, good match card, lots of big superstars, and, and the in-ring matches are delivering. So, uh, yeah, SummerSlam 2015, man. This was, uh, this was a fun one to go back and watch. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I like this one a lot more than I remembered. SummerSlam continues to bring the goods. I mean, three of our top 10 shows are now SummerSlams. Our 10th show is SummerSlam 11 at 23. And now our third place show is SummerSlam 15, 34 and a quarter. And our number one show is SummerSlam 99 with 38 and a quarter. So SummerSlam's littering our list here. Uh, it's impressive. It's, it's an impressive show. I, I definitely, I knew it was good. I didn't, I didn't think it would be this high. Uh, I think the match quality definitely took me off guard. As, as was the crowd being as hot as they were, you know, was there. <laughs> I didn't have that recollection of just how wild it was. So, all right, real quick addendum: uh, inside baseball, Marcus, for us here. Um, we noticed as we were going that we did not give a point under notable moments for the Undertaker laugh, and we had it under rewatchability. But that's got to be under moments as well, because that's like an all time. Like you said, I mean, there are people that use that gift. that don't even know what the hell it's from. Yeah, it's, it's a running change. Uh, we called it on the fly, but it absolutely needs to be uh, included there. OK, so that's going to bump up notable moments and importance to a plus seven. Brings up our grade to thirty five point two five. Doesn't change anything in the overall rank. It's still the third show. Uh, just gets a little bit closer to second. That's all. But we, we needed to. Add that addendum on before we forgot, uh, because I mean that's that's probably the moment of the night, honestly. So that needs to be called out as a notable moment. That's that. You want to quickly do our top ten, Marcus? Uh, yeah, let's run through it. All right, our tenth show, Summer Slam eleven at twenty three points. Uh, followed up by fully loaded nineteen ninety nine with twenty six point two five. NXT Takeover War Games two with twenty six and a half. NXT TakeOver New York with a 28.25. Royal Rumble 2000, 28.5. Yeah, Money in the Bank 2011 with a 28.75. WrestleMania 21, 33.5. As we just discussed, SummerSlam 2015 with a 34.25. Royal Rumble 2005 with a 36.5. 
And still on top, the King, SummerSlam 1999, 38.25. We'll see if anything else this season has a shot at knocking off the King. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, All right, we'll be back in two weeks uh, here with our next two shows continuing through the season. So continue to deliver on the 15-16. We got Night of Champions and Hell in a Cell 2015. So we'll see how those hold up as we start to reach the midpoint of the year. Of course, this is our final show on the podcast network for Cell Connection for 2022. I want to thank everyone for a wonderful year, all the great support, uh, the loyalty, the sharing, the dedication, those uh, that have contributed podcasts to the network and all the work you put in to make sure the quality is always high. We're just super thankful and proud for everything. And again, thank you for all that listened here in 2022. Have a great uh, New Year's Eve celebration and a happy and healthy 2023 ahead. Make sure to live your life above replacement level and we'll talk to you in two weeks.